Hey everyone, welcome to Reformed Podmatics, hosted by the pastors of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. It's Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey, and this podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Reformed Podmatics. I'm Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Zach. And uh, we thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for your patience as we release an episode a little bit later in the week this week, and uh, we will notify you in advance that next week we won't have a podcast because Zach will be on vacation. Um, it's yes, been sir. my fault uh, in the last <laughs> few weeks, and but now uh, it's mine. <laughs> now it'll be Zach's fault next week. So um, during the summer months, um, we, we hope that you have some grace towards us for being spotty in our uh, release of episodes, but hopefully come mid-August we can get back to um, a reasonable, timely release of episodes yeah. each week. So, Lord willing. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of all over the place now. I've been in Santa Cruz a little bit this week, and and Zach's going to be on his way to see Mickey Mouse and, yes. uh, in a few days Excited. here. <laughs> so, um, so hopefully... You are also having a enjoyable, restful, uh, replenishing summer, and we want to conclude our thoughts and commentary on Synod 2022 hmm. with this episode as we think about what is coming down the road. Uh, what is the future for the CRC now after, uh, kind of in the wake of the Synod 2022 discussions and decisions that were made, and um, just as we've said, I think, in, in other weeks, we don't want to obsess about the decisions of Synod. It is not good to become a one-note pastor, um, a one-note yeah. theologian that is just looking at <laughs> one issue all the time, uh, obsessing about that thing, um, especially given that the, uh, these these issues have gospel ramifications, but um, we want to get to the gospel itself, we want to do ministry itself, we want to care for people, and it's not good just to obsess about the decisions of Synod um, at the expense of many other good endeavors. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's a lot to be said. We, we don't want to waste too much of our lives, right, talking about this same issue again and again. This is now our sixth episode, yep. and so it's not healthy, yeah, to to, <laughs> to keep thinking about this constantly. Now, this, this will be a conversation that does continue for at least the next part of the year, yeah. next the next year, maybe into well into the future, but uh, we we do have to sort of push it aside at some point, and yeah, return to the ordinary means of grace with fellowship, worship, sacraments, and so on, prayer. Um, yeah, and so yeah, we're gonna end it here after this episode, and that will be sort of symbolic for our audience that there are other things to continue addressing. There is still. Uh, work to be done, so we must put our hands to the plow and continue on. You know, maybe occasionally down the road we will uh, kind of update things where they Mm -hmm. stand several months from now, but for the time being, this will be the end of our Synod 2022 reflections. Yeah, and so today we're going to be thinking about what comes next. So... Um, Huge question. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. A, it's hard to know, and um, neither of us considers ourselves Nostradamus here, <laughs> looking into the future. Uh, but at the same time, 
we can we can think we can ruminate a little bit about how the decisions of Senate 2022, particularly concerning the acceptance of the Human Sexuality Report, um, its confessional status, and our approach to churches like Neyland Avenue CRC, which are outside of the uh, belief system of the HSR, how, how things in that congregation or in that from that perspective would interact with um, what has just been decided. So, um, what's one thing that you think right away when you when somebody would ask you what comes next in the CRC, Zach? What do you think? Ooh. <laughs> You know, I speak a, a little bit as an outsider to the CRC, and I'm not super aware of all the inside baseball that takes place all the time. Um, I think it w- a lot of it will come down to uh, how Neyland Avenue and Classis Grand Rapids East responds mm-hmm. to uh, the committee in loco that is going to be set up by the general secretary, Zachary King, uh, who will come alongside both Neyland and Classis Grand Rapids East. Uh, So I'm really interested to see how uh, that body, that Classis, responds to all of this. Uh, Obviously, Neyland has already uh, made it clear that they're going to appeal the decision Mm -hmm. and that they're not going to act on Synod's request to to remove this lesbian deacon from office. Um, And so... It's going to get interesting, but I think the, the conversation is going to go on. There's yeah. going to be a continued uh, conversation, discussion, debate in the life of the church. Uh, I guess my thought, though, at the end of the day is that there will be a parting of ways, at least in some degree. I'm not sure if that answers the sure. question, but uh, I, th- I think we're beginning to realize, it's beginning to dawn on most people, not all, but most that we really cannot live this way anymore. Mm-hmm. Our denomination uh, cannot withstand the weight of the tension that we are feeling between these two very opposed different ways of seeing uh, and how to handle issues of pastoral care when it comes to matters of uh, sexuality and gender identity. Yeah, that I think that's a really good way of putting it just recognizing it isn't our desire that this church gets kicked out. Yeah, no, It isn't our not. desire that all of a sudden the CRC starts becoming heavy-handed and just drops the hammer on any church or pastor that teaches outside of the statement that was just accepted. But at the same time, I think it's important to recognize that there, there should be consequences to the decisions that were made. It's not as though we just spent all that time and everyone just goes back to their corner of the CRC and says, oh, well, yeah, we're just kind of going to do things our own way anyways. Um, yeah. I think the part of the purpose of Synod 2022 was to establish some, some lines and some ground rules and some theology that we all must accept yeah, and so there's no point in making it confessional if there's right. not going to be any any enforcement of it. Exactly, and so I, I think the two extremes, I guess, are, are what I'm suggesting we try to avoid. The one extreme would be looking at it from our perspective. Uh, it's good that the HSR was approved, and now um, some people would look at that and say, "Now we can just get rid of the 
the the people who disagree finally will be done with them that's really sinful that's uh, yeah. not a desire to seek peace um to live at peace with others and so that's one extreme we want to avoid but the other extreme which the crc has done far more of hmm. is uh, I, I mean in the past the crc has has generally tended towards leniency and just agree to disagree let's just be let's all get along you know the old um Right. Uh, the old saying, can't we all just get along? Uh, that that being always the third way. There's always a third way. There, there's going to be a way where we can figure this out and live together, and we don't really have to make strong pronouncements. And mm-hmm. and it's just that hope for the third way so that we can have some kind of institutional unity. And yeah. uh, that's that's not productive either. Yeah. I think that it's not Christ-like, actually, to continually be moving goalposts and boundaries in order to stay together in an institutional way. I think that it's very Christ-like, very biblical to say no at a certain point. Uh, There are those who are following Jesus and believing the Word and producing good fruit and keeping with repentance, and there are those who are outside who are not preaching the Word faithfully, and it's okay to say that. That doesn't mean... uh, they're anathematized, and we may not speak to them anymore, but um, at a certain point, it is okay to say, this is what we believe as a denomination, and that is going to have some institutional consequences. Right. There, there are boundaries to unity, and the proof of this is the, the many statements of the New Testament where the apostles will refer to other people and to other teachings as false teachers sure. and false teachings. That exists. And we can't deny it. I'm I'm definitely the kind of person that loves to see the best in everybody. It's just that's something that was kind of bred into me, you could say. My mother is is really good at this. She sees the best in everyone, and so I my just a personality feature of mine is that I am willing to see the best in everyone. So I'm the kind of person who loves the third way. Mm. I, I can see the good on both sides. It's right there in front of me, and I I don't like to have to make. Uh, draw lines in the sand, but at the same time, my my commitment to God's word means that there are times when that's going to need to happen. And with the amount of uh, vitriol that both sides feel towards the other side's position, not to, not towards the other side, not towards people of the other side, really, but to the other side's positions, in in the sense that each side sees the other side as as doing real spiritual harm to people, uh, I, I don't see how we could dwell together in unity. Uh, one side is right and one side is wrong. There's, yeah. there's not. It's not possible for both sides to be to be kind of correct here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just I don't see it that way. Yeah, you can look at Second John. Uh, that that's one of the passages that stays comes up to my mind that. The third wayer, which is so popular in the CRC, does not like what John says in his second letter. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Yes, we can either say that John is exclusionary, <laughs> and he's, he's excluding people from Christ's inclusive kingdom, yeah. um, or we could say he's right. And there's times where we have to recognize that people are not our brothers in the faith, not our sisters in the faith, but that they are false believers. And that is 
not something that I like to say. It's not something I throw around lightly. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that is part of what's going on. And this isn't to say that every progressive person who holds a, a sort of affirming view is not a Christian, uh, but those who teach it openly and fly the flag, it it makes me wonder. It, it makes well, me if anything, unsure. I, I think we have to say, sometimes we have to talk like John does. Yeah, in, exactly. In we have John. to be able to talk like that. And so, uh, in the context of that that letter, um, I'll, I'll read the preceding. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, meaning like, gets sort of anxious, and we've got to come up with a new idea outside mm-hmm. of Scripture, outside of the teaching of, of the Word, and we're going to get on ahead of the teaching of Christ. That person does not have God. Uh, continuing in verse 9 of Second John, whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Then he goes on to say, if anyone does not bring that teaching, does not um, hold out the word of life, hmm. is not just t- teaching from the Bible faithfully, don't receive him into your house. And so, yeah. um, obviously, there are people who would disagree with that interpretation of Second John, but what I want to get across is we need to talk like that sometimes. We yeah, need to when, draw a line. The question sometimes. is, when do we do that? Yeah. And is this one of these scenarios where we do do that? Right. And I would even suggest that um, moving forward, I hope we can uh, extend the grace of Christ very openly with an open hand to any person who comes through the doors of any Christian Reformed Church. Any person. We, we are a grace centered denomination. We love the grace of God. It's amazing. He's shown his grace towards us sinners. We extend that love also, and that grace and welcome to any other person. Um, and, and so I think that's there in just about any Christian Reformed Church, I would hope. But in addition to that, we need to get serious about who is a believer, who is regenerate, and call the unregenerate person to repentance and to life in Christ. And um, to, to get serious about the damage of false teaching. I hope that that is a result also of Synod 2022. Uh, I would say that would come out even more with the conversation around penal substitutionary atonement, where we would say, if somebody is is going going to go to a Christian Reformed church for, say they go there for 20 weeks, and never hear, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, <laughs> you need this salvation that is from him. He paid the penalty for your sin. He took it upon himself. He died the death you deserve so that you could have life forever with God. If, if somebody goes to a church for, I would say, two Sundays, but, but say, uh, we'll give, we'll give grace, <laughs> say 20 Sundays and, yeah. and does not hear that basic gospel presentation of the atonement of Christ, it's mm-hmm. a false teacher. It is a false teacher um, do not receive that person even in your house or give them a greeting. Uh, that's what um, that's what John is saying. And so um, that sounds very stark and very clear and very bold, um, but I think that the Word gives us certainly the license and even the command to be bold on those central matters. Yeah. Uh, speaking of central matters, one of the main issues that came up at Synod that has gotten a lot of conversation um, in various forums of discussion uh, has been the issue of clarity. Um, 
And so as we were thinking about where do we go from here, this was mm-hmm. one of the issues that you brought up, Mark. I would love to hear yeah. you uh, talk more about this and what your thoughts are on the need for clarity in the Christian Reformed Church. Yeah, so I hope that's also a benefit, uh, one of the blessings the Lord has provided through Synod 2022. I, I want to make this clear that this is the work of God, and I am confident that God has worked powerfully and answered our prayers and guided the CRC through that very important seven or eight days in June um, and done a great thing for his name's sake among the Christian Reformed Church. So it wasn't the work of man. I believe it was the work of God. And so um, God provides for us clear instruction. And I know that some who listen to this would struggle with that description. Yeah, there's lots of debates on what a reformed hermeneutic is. Right, or, or even what clarity might mean when yeah. reading the Bible. Epistemology. Um, but um, I, w- I would want to use this illustration. It's from a psychology experiment that was done um, with kids on a playground. Maybe I've used it on the podcast before. It's so helpful. Um, so some, some psychologists were observing children on a playground, and they wanted to know uh, what the optimal playing conditions on the playground would be. And so they observed two different playgrounds. They found one playground where there are no, there, there are no fences around it, and um, it's just sort of field and open space all around the, the different equipment on the playground, the slides and the swings and so forth. And they found that on that playground, the kids stay very close to the equipment. They, they don't venture out. They stay right in the middle. And then they found that when a fence is around the playground, like like is the case at Rip and Christian, there are fences mm-hmm. around the playgrounds, the kids spread out and use all the space. Mm-hmm. So the extrapolation there is when there is a boundary, there's actually more freedom to use more space, mm-hmm. um, and you know how far you can go, you know the, the space you can go to, and you know the place that you must not go past. Yeah, and so um, I believe that uh, Synod has provided some of that boundary, some of that clarity for us, so that we can have more freedom actually mm-hmm. to to do ministry to people with all sorts of sexual sins in their life or in their past. Um, it, all of the ones listed in the HSR: uh, somebody who is tempted to continue using pornography, somebody who is cohabiting, somebody mm-hmm. who has a committed sin by getting divorced that is not approved by the word and somebody in a same-sex relationship too. Here is now the boundary, and we have a lot of freedom and life within uh, that boundary, you could say. Um, and and part of the reason that I, I, I love this clarity is just a biblical reason. I, um, I, I have to admit that sometimes I'm discouraged by the vague language that many in the affirming camp will use about uh, the Word of God, uh, the authority of the Word of God, and the law of God. Um, and so in, in Colossians 4, I was preaching through this recently, I just had a kind of a light bulb moment even while I was preaching. Um, Paul writes, uh, pray for us, meaning pray for us ministers, that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. And so he's saying, this is a mystery, and I need to declare it, and I'm praying that God opens a door for this word. And so Paul continues, pray that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. 
So I believe that the HSR provides us with a way of talking clearly about uh, sexual ethics, and that is right in line with how Paul said a minister needs to talk. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I hope that a response from the HSR is a greater clarity from CRC pulpits on this matter, where we, we're going to say what the Word of God says, and we don't have to apologize for it. Uh, we mm-hmm. want that to be proposed and presented in a helpful way, in a loving way, but um, we're going to make it clear. We're going to sound a clear note on all matters of sexuality, including saying from the pulpit occasionally, homosexual sexual activity is sinful and must be turned away from, um, among many other sins as well. Yeah, this is a this was a huge issue at Synod while we were there. Um, the argument was often kind of made to the effect that uh, we were making something that wasn't previously binding, binding. And the response of the Orthodox delegates, including myself, to that sort of thinking was that, no, we're making something that was sort of implicit, very explicit. Hmm. That That's what we're doing. And we're, we're, we don't have the authority as the body of Synod to grant something, mm-hmm. a, to grant it biblical uh, authority. It already has biblical authority. And so yeah. up until this point, pastors in the CRC, we, we, we could still operate with clarity because we know what the Bible teaches on these points. But Synod now has helped us to even recognize that our denomination, our church, the the authority of, of our church behind us also agrees. And so it's important. Yeah. It's an important distinction oh, to make important. that very good. it's the scripture that has the authority here. Yeah. But Synod has now given ministers <laughs> even more license to be very clear in what our church teaches. Uh, because of some of the the obfuscation that has taken place over the years, somebody may come into the CRC and say, hey, I'm I'm same-sex attracted, Pastor. What what should I do? What's your position? A, yeah. What's your position? What do yeah. you think about this? And a pastor may have said, well, you know, my my denomination is kind of un, kind of divided about this, but I think that it's wrong, or I think that it's right, or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we, we can say, our denomination believe that the Bible is clear on this, and I stand as with the authority not just of myself, but with the ministers and office mm-hmm. bearers of my church to say to you that same-sex activity is sin, and we implore you to not live that way, but to turn to Christ. Christ yeah. is gracious to all sinners who come to him in faith, and you can walk with us, brother or sister, as we together fight our sin and live for holiness. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really great point. It, it's not that synod made the issue clear. It's right. that the Bible is clear, right. and synod is encouraging us as Christian Reformed ministers to, to be clear about that. it, yeah. to recognize the clear teaching of Scripture. I, again, I, I know that, that that irks a lot of people who don't believe that it's as clear as we do, but we have just stated as a denomination that in the Christian Reformed Church, um, a minister is called to give this teaching to yeah. their church. And um, I, I guess that's that's what I would want to see in practice. Um, 
we talked many, many episodes ago about preaching in the Christian Reformed Church, and that's where a lot of my focus is as a preacher, and I know that mm-hmm. it's where your focus is also as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope that one of the results of this synod is a, is a growth in desire to just say what the Word says without a yeah. hundred qualifiers. Um, yeah, we need that now more than ever. Yeah, and, and people are so hungry for that. Uh, when I, I preached a sermon on divorce uh, several months ago, I was preaching through Mark. It's not like I was on this hobby horse issue, but I was just preaching right through Mark, and there it is in Mark 13, to, you know, uh, about the seriousness of divorce and, and uh, how Jesus permits it in, in certain scenarios, but overall, it's, it's terrible. And so uh, what I found after that was a congregation of very thankful people who are just really glad to hear a clear word about that, yeah. even among the divorced people, uh-huh. and, and who said, yeah, it, it was terrible when I went through that, and so I'm glad you recognize that it, it was a hard, difficult thing, and um, we need to do the same in this matter as well. To sound a clear note, I, I hope that's the response. If if you're a part of a congregation, maybe you're a listener in the far reaches of the Christian Reformed Church, and you cannot imagine your minister standing in in the pulpit and saying, "There must not be a hint of sexual immorality among you. There must not be a hint of sexual immorality among you." So stop, stop. <laughs> if if that's if if you can't imagine. <laughs> A minister talking like that, hmm. that minister is not faithful to the word, is, is, yeah. is ashamed of some things that are in the Bible, hmm. uh, because that is, uh, sexual sin and false teaching are really two of the repeated sins throughout the New Testament that are going to shipwreck the faith of many people. Yeah, yeah, and so that's a good question to think about. Is my pastor willing to speak with the same clarity yeah, and conviction and yeah. force yeah. that Scripture has. Um, yeah, just recently we were read through the household code in our sermons, so you did one and I did one. We split the household mm-hmm. codes code Colossians. of Colossians into yeah. two parts, uh, and so you did the code on wives and husbands and children yeah. and parents, uh, and then I talked about the parts on on slaves and masters. Uh yeah, and it was kind of uncomfortable Particularly for me. Particularly the wives and, yeah. and husbands one. <laughs> right, there I stood. Yeah. Wives, submit to your husbands. Are you submitting yeah. to your husbands? There, that's you one do that it. would be very easy to qualify it away. Just sort of take out a file and rub away the sharp edges of that yep. text. Uh, but And I said the same thing to men in terms of to, to be gentle with their wives, right? And so right. I use that as an example, but in our culture it's particularly difficult to say that yeah. S word, submit. Yeah. Right? So, uh, are we willing to go where Scripture goes? Yeah. Uh, and again, this goes back to: Do we see God's law as good? Do we trust God? Do we really see that God is good, and therefore His will for us is good? If we do, we we will not hear passages like that as burdens or mm-hmm. as sexist or as wrong. Uh, we will see them as beautiful gifts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure we could think of a thousand things to say in response that that passage can be so quickly used to abuse women. Uh, yes. 
But do we listen to that passage? Do yeah. we take what it says as the Word of God? Because that is what it is. Yeah, and so um, now thinking about the average CRC member, uh, a member of a church listening to this podcast, how should they move forward now after Synod 2022? Yeah, there's there's several things I think we could say. The first one, very, very seriously, is to pray, something I'm sure many of us have already been doing. Pray for our church. Uh, pray for Reformed churches broadly. Pray for the broad Christian church, Roman pray Catholic, for preachers. Well, pray for everyone, but yep. in our own situation here, of course, yeah, pray for preachers, pray for your office bearers, uh, and pray for those who are involved in Grand Rapids East, yep. those who are in that committee in loco that will be uh, being formed by the general secretary here shortly, if it's not already formed at this point, uh, and be praying for, for the best possible outcome here, uh, and that people... Uh, members, lay members, and and office bearers may be encouraged that, that there would be uh, humility and repentance mm-hmm. on the part of those who are being uh, held accountable. Um, and do not pray for their judgment or their damnation, <laughs> but pray for restoration. That's, that's really what we want. Uh, we do not want churches that are on the other side of the HSR to be removed. Yeah. If it comes to that, then it comes to that. But I think genuinely what we want is we want them to to trust God, to love God, to love his word, and to turn from what we've been now telling them are very wrong convictions and to turn and hold the convictions that are taught in the word of God. So pray for them. This is so one of the big conversations that took place on during synod, uh, this was really on Wednesday night. I remember this in particular. There was a lot of us who talked about how if we weren't careful, the discipline that we were going to vote for on the next day on at Neeland for Neeland was going to be very uh, punitive. Mm. It was going to come across as, as let's just get these guys, yeah. and that's we all realized that's not what we want to do. That's that's yeah. not discipline. Church discipline does not is not joyful. Hey, let's do them in. Let's yeah. get our enemies. It, we we really were clear with each other that we what what we want here and what we should want if if you guys don't want it what you should want is restoration. restoration. Yep. Discipline is restorative. Yeah. Discipline seeks for for reconciliation. And so that is something to be praying for. Yeah, um I think about this a lot as a father and I I heard once when you want to, to discipline, you are not equipped to discipline. You should not, when you want to. Hmm. But when you know God's Word requires it of you, and you are able to do that with a clear and sober mind, yeah. then you must. That's a loving thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that as a father with four children who are young in age. When I want to discipline them because I'm angry, I know that that is the moment I should not. But when I... I know <laughs> I come home and I've had a maybe a good day and there's a blow up happening at the house and I don't feel like it, but I know something has gone way off the rails. Mm-hmm. It's my duty as a father to lovingly sit down one of my children and administer some sort of discipline that's in keeping with the crime committed. And, and so I, I hope that, um, I hope that those at Neeland Avenue repent and turn from their false teaching. And um, 
I, I say that not because I want them to become more like me. I say that because I want them to be more confident in the Word of God and what it plainly says. Yeah. And so I, I think that's an important distinction. It's not our desire that they become more like us. Yeah, th- they take our side. Or right. It, like it's that. it's our desire that they would be unashamed of the gospel, of, of what the gospel is, and all of its call to all of the sins listed in that Romans one. I mean, that's where Paul mm-hmm. says, "I'm unashamed of the gospel." It's the mm-hmm. power of God for salvation for those who believe. And then it's a call away from these sins listed in Romans one, including homosexuality, among many others, greed, idolatry, yeah, and and to teach that plainly from the yeah. pulpit um, without Because people need to hear shame. that. And yeah. That's the biggest point. It's not because I want them to join my club or whatever. Yeah. It's because, as it's we've life. said, <laughs> we think that their teaching harms people. Now, I know they think our teaching harms people, but because I think their teaching harms people, I no longer want them to harm people. Yeah. I want them to point people towards life in Christ, towards holiness, towards joy, and, and the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, and I know the the retort will be that these people who are a lot of same sex married people in the CRC uh, already have the fruit of the spirit. I've heard I've heard that, uh, but I I think that they are living in open rejection of God's will, and they are living out of uh, alignment with what God has commanded yeah. in Scripture. And and so maybe one final. Uh, way to move forward for the lady, for us, uh, anybody, is to compartmentalize a little bit. It can be overwhelming to think about synod, um, especially for those who disagree with the decisions that were made, but the call to Scripture is so clearly to preach the gospel in season and out of season, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to care for the poor, to do ministry, to plan for elders' meetings, to go sit with widows and widowers, mm-hmm. um, to, to do those things of ministry. Yeah, and it can be the case that we could be distracted by the controversy and the, the um, adrenaline kick that we get from reading the online form, and I confess I, am, can, be, <laughs> I, I can be sucked into that in an unhealthy way, mm-hmm. and it's not good. And so it is time to move forward in ministry, um, not just for us, but but for all those who are kind of excited about the decisions of Synod, one way or the other, for better or for worse. Maybe we're excited because we like them, or we're kind of excited in the general sense in that they've stirred up our passions to disagree. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can get focused on the ministry of the Word, on the means of grace, which yeah. is our call. Yeah, it's not going to be helpful for us to to concern ourselves at all times with these things. We, yeah. we do need to remember, yeah, the means of grace and the ordinary way of the Christian life. And so I guess we, when we started out, mm-hmm. we were asking the question, where do we go from here and what will happen from here? Uh, it's A lot of that remains to be seen. Yeah, I don't think you or I have all the answers uh, for people. Uh, there's going to be more conversations like this in the future, not, not held by us, but... Uh, the Abide Project uh, will be having a meeting, I know, in, in the next few weeks, yep, yep. Uh, in August. We won't be going, yeah, we but won't I'm be sure there. we'll hear about it. Um, yep. Yeah, and I'm sure that there will be other groups. Maybe All One Body has something similar planned. That's sort of the uh, progressive advocacy group uh, in the CRC. Um, and so these conversations will continue. What will happen 
Uh, but it will be really interesting to see what happens in those official meetings with the classes yeah. meeting of Grand Rapids East coming up yeah. in September and then whatever their spring meeting it holds, that will be also really fascinating to see. And so yeah. a lot of this comes to Synod 2023. And so it's a time now more than ever for lay members to encourage their pastors and their, their councils to really consider who we send to Synod 2023, mm-hmm. uh, that they would be thoughtful, that they would be uh, well-spoken, and that they would be uh, convictionally uh held by God's word and by the reformed faith. Uh, and so we need, we need to be serious about, about that. That's we, we cannot have the sort of warm body approach yeah. to, to Synod. Uh, we need to take it seriously. Yeah. I so hope, that's, that's my final thought. <laughs> well, I, I hope that to, to, Hey, I just reiterate that and, and totally agree. I hope that this Synod put to death the attitude of mm. we'll send to Synod whoever is, Available. Willing and available, yeah. and has nothing better to do for a week in June. Yeah. I hope we're done with that as a Christian Reformed Church because a lot is at stake. Yeah, and I hope the progressives do that too because I want to have the best conversations yeah. possible. Right, and and we we want to send people who want to be there, yeah. and people who are not just want to be there, but are equipped by the Spirit in a special way, uh, ordained, and I don't just mean in the institutional sense, but ordained in the spiritual sense. To go and yeah. and speak the word, who who could quote scripture right off the top of their head, who read Reformed theology regularly, who are catechism teachers and so forth, those are the people who we want to be sending to Synod. So I hope that that's also a result of Synod 2022. Is again not the, not the warm body approach like yeah. you said, uh, and th- that isn't to shame any previous delegates, but that has definitely been the attitude of the classes, classes meetings that I've been a part of, well, who wants to go? Could we find someone to go? That's not a good attitude. Maybe some years that's not as bad as other years, but yeah. some years of Synod are very important. That isn't to say well, that yeah. Synod isn't... Uh, there's always is, going to be important stuff, um, ordaining right, right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, new ministry candidates and yeah, yeah. and so forth. And so there, there is always going to be important things. Right. And so hopefully we can move forward with looking a little bit more towards the urgency of mm-hmm. these denominational meetings. Not like we've got to worry about winning every battle, so to speak, but just being thoughtful about sending delegates who are going to speak well, who know the Reformed faith, and um, and even know what that means to be Reformed. I think mm-hmm. that would be really important, too. So, yeah. so thank you for listening, and um, we don't know exactly when, but we hope you will hear again from us soon. And, probably uh, in two weeks. Yes, probably in a couple weeks uh, as we start to get back a little bit into a routine routine as we get closer to August. But um, until then, grace and peace to you guys. Yep, see you guys.